Welcome back to Hoops and Hot Pot for the 2020 to 21 NBA season. Uh, my name is Alex, and I'd like to apologize for the extended break. When COVID-19 hit, we weren't really sure what we were going to do. Uh, but now that we have a bit more certainty about what the NBA is going to look like for next season now, we're planning on continuing to release regular content. I'm also looking to broaden the type of content that we produce, including more guests and perhaps written or video content. Today's a guest episode with my friend Felix from New York. We're going to be covering the free agent signings that have gone down so far in this first day of free agency. So let's get right into it. Hey everyone, I'm here in the remote COVID-19 home studio uh, with my mate Felix. Felix, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to our audience. What are your basketball credentials? Hi, I'm Felix. Uh, I've been following the NBA for a long time. Um, I'm a fan of Brooklyn Nets. They're pretty awesome. And um, yeah, I mean, living in New York City, I listen to a lot of Knicks and Nets news. So, I mean, that I get, I get the best of both worlds listening to great the, the Good commentators all the time. <laughs> On a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being like the Knicks and 10 being the Lakers, how excited are you to be a Nets fan right now? Um, it's a, it's a crazy time, honestly. Um, the whole James Harden trade drama um, that he wants out of Houston, um, it's kind of a blessing and a curse, I would say. Because um, I've lived with... Uh, i watched Spencer Dinwiddie, Karis LeVert, and uh, all those guys... Uh, play for the Nets, and now they might be traded to Houston. But uh, we'll have to wait and see if that how that unfolds. I gotta say, that would be the robbery of a lifetime if that goes through. I just, in my mind, there's no fair trade for the Nets that doesn't involve Kyrie Irving. To some oh, degree. oh, oh, of course not. Of course not. Um, getting a fair trade for a superstar of James Cal- Harden's caliber, it's, it's impossible. And I don't think that any team out there can actually offer that good of a package that are willing to do that package yeah i'd like, say that hurt, I, describes it. I, I see i see a lot of trade proposals involving other teams but they're not going to give up those players so and houston wants to start back but they're not going to give up those players so I it'll mean, be interesting to see what it takes it could definitely yeah. reach the point where they're like harden's not going to re-sign with anybody um harden's not going to re-sign anybody but I mean, who? I mean, Houston wants a generational talent back. So, are they gonna try to get Ben Simmons, Boston, yeah, well, Jalen Brown? Uh. Daryl Morey's on record saying that Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid are not going anywhere. Whether you believe him is up to you. But um, oh, be well, well, I mean, with the, with I, I don't see Boston getting into it. With Boston and Philly out of the way. I don't see any other team willing to offer anything for it. That's the thing. Like, there's no trade market for him. Pretty much. And let's not even mention the other big Houston trade object, which is Russell Westbrook, who... I mean, if the if the Knicks and the Hornets don't want him, I just I just don't see a single way this guy ever gets moved off this team. Oh, I don't see any way getting moved. I mean, Houston needs to keep his draft picks if they want to tank, but they have to offload draft picks just to get rid of his contract. I just don't see a way of moving on from him. Yeah, you got to make the most of what you've got. Well, it's a big day in free agency news. We have hit... I don't know how many hours are we into free agency now. It's 3.18pm over here in Australia, but uh, free agency kind of started while I was sleeping overnight. So what time is it over there right now? Uh, Free agency, uh, it's, for my time, it's 11.18. Free agency started at 6pm, so it's been 
five hours. Five hours. Okay, I slept longer than I thought I did. That's fine. Already, Officially. we've had a... Oh. Yeah, right. <laughs> Officially, that's right. I remember Officially. prior to the start of the season, um, Adam Silver issued like this statement on anti-tampering and all that. And given this Milwaukee Bucks episode with Bogdan Bogdanovich, it's clear that maybe free agents, eight player agents, and journalists haven't really gotten the memo yet. Oh, they had definitely haven't gotten the memo. I mean, you see all these deadline deals ready and waiting to go. On the di- on the moment's notice, there has to be deals already going on before that. It yeah. just doesn't have to be, just have to be a little bit discreet, not like super obvious. I don't know if it gets any more blatant than Woj tweeting out a deal has been made for Bogdan. And then... <laughs> I, I think it was also the sign and trade part that's probably the biggest part of it because it involves multiple teams rather than just talking to one team, I suppose. Yeah, that's and, right. And, you know, that might, imp- that might uh, harm the competitive integrity of the game. But... Whatever's left of it anyway. Right. <laughs> well, we do have some big ticket signings already, and the first one I want to talk about is a player who kind of bought out last year, um, Danilo Gallinari. So, after moving to OKC, he signed a pretty chunky contract, uh, and that's now run out, and he had a lot of suitors, right? I remember last year he was on record saying, I want to compete for a ring, money is not my biggest priority right now, and Everyone was like, oh, is this going to be a Clippers, Lakers, Bucks thing? You know, is he going to take a pay cut and Mm -hmm. go play for like a LeBron or a a Giannis type? Uh, But Woe just tweeted out that he's now signed for three years, 61.5 million with the Hawks. That's an interesting move um, in the sense that, yeah, I guess his words, he wants to get the money now because I think this is going to be his last big contract. He's 32, I believe, so he'll be 35 by the end of the contract. And if he wants to ring chase at 35, I could definitely see that happening. But 32, last big contract, I understand. Yeah, I don't fault him for taking the money at all. Um, I guess given the relatively thin free market right now for for free agents, this wasn't really going to be a year where guys like Gallinari were going to get big contracts from big teams. All the big teams are pretty much capped out at this point. Right, right, because everybody's looking forward to the 2021 Giannis sweepstakes. Yeah. Every, every most of the teams are piled up to have free money for that year. Um, so, as I mean for that, I mean it's worth the money. I just don't see how the fit's gonna work there. Yeah, um, it's hard to say that anyone fits in Atlanta right now because they've. I think the one thing that's holding them back is just the lack of defensive identity. Their best player is Trey Young, and he's right. possibly the league's worst defender who plays you know, 30 or more minutes a game. Gallinari is not necessarily a lockdown defender. You can't anchor your defense in the way that uh, other wings, like a poor George uh, or Kawhi Leonard mm-hmm. can. Right. That said, he's uh, one of the best shooters at the four in the league. Right. I mean, we all saw how Trey Young and John Collins, that tandem just does not work defensively at all. I mean, offensively, they're great. Defensively, they've had some questions, and adding another question mark to that lineup. I mean, uh, I just, I just don't see how they're gonna be able to play any defense whatsoever. Um, and I don't, don't think they have any depth in that position as well. So it's, it's gonna be tough. Um, it's, it's a good signing insofar as you get a pretty solid player for decent value at a position that you need. Although I just, I'm not quite sure how to pass these deals that teams in like. 
you know, the 20 or 30 win range make? Because I can tell you, like, it's a good value contract. They'll be able to move it later if they want to. But how does it make them better now? It doesn't move the needle, right? Right, and I totally forgot that they also have Clint Capella, so I don't know if who's going to come off the bench. Yeah. I mean, is Danilo going to play small forward? He can play the three, but you got to expect his feet are not that quick anymore. Yeah, I mean, with... with... With Danilo at three and John Collins at four, ooh, that's that's that that speaks for disaster, I think, um, defensively. For sure, and they already had spacing issues bringing Capella in and having to play next to John Collins, who he's been improving as a shooter, but I don't think he's at the point where like defenses have to respect him yet. But what's funny is that by signing him for three years, I mean John Collins's contract expires after um, this year. So, I don't know if they're going to land a plans to actually keep him or trade Collins mid-season. I would say they're angling for a Collins trade. Capella fits so much better with this team, offensively and defensively. Especially if you believe that he's going to go back to being the, the Capella that we saw in Houston with Harden. Right, right. And so then you have to explore trade options for John Collins. And, I mean, a contender would want him. And, and you know, he, he would be a restricted free agent next season. So... I mean, well, we'll have to see how the Hawks turn out. But, I mean, they definitely improved their team. But I, I don't know, only because they also drafted Onyeka Okonkwu, who has yeah, a foot injury, yeah. if, I, if I recall correctly. So, I mean, I guess he's out for a couple of months. He should add. But, uh, I don't know. I think there's just maybe a logjam in, in the bigs position for a Hawks now. I don't think there's a sign they need, but it's a good contract. And it, it definitely is valuable, but... I'm going to have to, you know, have to wait until see how the season progresses. Yeah. If Collins gets traded, I think this is a good signing. If Collins doesn't get traded, I mean, will they offer a max to John Collins in the offseason? That, that's the biggest question. Right? They can't. This is a to-be-determined. Yeah. Well, we'll have to see. It could very well be the fact we haven't seen Atlanta play in a while, given that they were eliminated uh, from playoffs contention quite early in the season and they weren't able to make it to the bubble like teams like Phoenix were. Or, right, or Memphis. Right. So who knows what could have happened between the last time we saw them play and now. But I think it'll be it'll become clear pretty quickly into the season whether this was actually good or them or not. Because Gallinari is a known quantity at this point. Yeah. And also Gallinari is also injury prone. So I guess there might not be as big of a log jam as I would think they are. But if they're all healthy then they're, they're, there's going to be minutes to be passed around. For sure. Especially given that you know Onyeko Okongu is a project big as far as anyone can tell, he's not right. quite developed into a, a well-rounded player yet, like some of these guys coming out of college after two or three years are. Right. Um, the next big one I want to talk about is Joe Harris, who, that's your boy, one of the best shooters yes, in the league Yes, that's right my now. boy, Joe Harris. Four years, 75 million. You happy with that? Um, yes, only because the Nets have no options. Right. Um, they're already capped out, and he was the only free agent that we needed to resign, so I'm happy with that. Um, the four years might get a little long. I would be okay with three, but if it if, if that's what it takes to keep him, then sure, seventy five million. Um, that that's the price I think you have to pay for nowadays for elite shooting and right. mediocre defense. But it, it's I mean, not. Is it mediocre? Oh, it might be mediocre given his athleticism, but it's he he. He, he, he puts in a lot of effort, but he just doesn't have the defensive instincts to uh, to uh, make him a great defender. And, yeah. um, I mean, 
a, a, every team would want him. That's the thing. And not a lot of money this year. And the Nets do want to keep, resign him. So, I mean, it makes sense. It makes sense. Yeah, for sure. I think Joe Harris is a great player. Like, he's not young. He's he's 29. But no, he's not young. He was looking for his payday, and he got his payday. Yeah, but these um, are skills the that age wor- gracefully, right? Yeah. The only thing I'm worried about is that Kyrie didn't name him as one of his favorite teammates, and of course, that's <laughs> their drama in itself. I don't know how material all these Kyrie concerns are. I see, I see the media freak out about some things he says, and it never turns out to be anything. And then there's oh, other times oh. where he'll say something, and then, like for example, in the in the Bucks series a few years ago, when he decided to guard Giannis one on one and gave up like ten points in the span of two minutes. I, don't I know. mean, the media the media loves Kyrie in the sense that they love his quotes, they love making money off of off his quotes, they love the drama the drama within Kyrie. I mean, the Brooklyn Nets gonna be number one soap opera next <laughs> this season by far. If you it, include Harden, that's that's like must-watch t- daily TV. <laughs> that's definitely true. I mean, Kevin Durant as well, who was like public enemy number one for, for about two years with the Warriors. Three years. <laughs> uh, yes, and he wants to prove the world wrong. Yeah. But overall, I think it's a fair contract. The Nets really didn't have any options. They needed to keep him. Um, that's the price I think you have to pay for uh, Elite Threes. I mean... I mean, just look at Davis Bertans. <laughs> That's true. Davis Bertans. Now, I knew this guy was a stud the moment he started balling out. Um, well, he started his career in, what, San Antonio? Yes, he started his career in San Antonio. And he got moved to Washington at some point. He got moved to Washington because the Spurs thought that they were going to sign Marcus Morris. Oh, yes. Now, the agent implicated in the whole Marcus Morris thing was also implicated in the Bogdan Bogdanovich incident, which I thought... <laughs> It's quite fascinating. It's twice now this guy has screwed teams. <laughs> oh, yes, 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 that's right. But, um, yes, Elite 3s cost teams a lot of money. To the tune of um, 5 years, 80 million, which, I mean, that's a, that's 16 million a year for, again, quite a player in the in the vein of a Joe Harris, right? Like, he's a lot bigger, Bertans, and he can protect him. He's a lot bigger, but a lot worse on defense. Yeah, for sure. But, uh... This contract, I don't see what Washington's plans are for him. I guess their I mean, plan yeah. are they they're not contending at any point. They can't contend with this roster, right? We have to look see how John Wall performs. Right. Until we know how he performs, we can't tell. I did think there was a period um, a couple years ago when LeBron was like sunning the East that John Wall was definitely the best guard in the East. And probably the second best player in the East as well. This is before Giannis really took a leap on both ends of the court. Right. I just right. I don't think his game was ever going to age well though. Besides the passing, which I think oh, he's oh. top class in. Oh, his game was never going to age well. His his outside shooting is uh is not good. Um, and it and he relies on his athleticism, which well he tore his Achilles, so we'll have to. I mean. That usually tells that uh, your athleticism is almost gone. Yeah. I mean, we, we've seen many Achilles injuries and uh, for two players, and we never see them return back to their old form. So this signing for Davies Bertans, I honestly don't know what they're trying to do. Yes, it fills their position. Yes, they want to keep him, but I don't know. Like, <laughs> that contract's going to be hard to move down the road. It, it might be. We don't really know. 
I think the the league is going to be a different place three, four, five years from now. Oh and yeah, sure. If he only costs you, I don't know what the 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 contract structure is, but if he's only costing you say sixteen, seventeen million in you know twenty twenty three, that might be super appetizing if you're a certain team, especially if you know that he's probably not going to get worse offensively. Like he'll probably lose a step defensively as he crosses uh, the thirty year right. Right. I mean, I'm just thinking of what Washington's plan is. Do are are they yeah. semi tanking? Are they actually going to push for the playoffs? It's I one mean, of those. Like I think this is a franchise that kind of expects success. They've had a lot of like famous players throughout their tenure. They were quite an exciting team when John Wall was at his best. Uh, you know shooting game winners against Boston, things like that. I think they expect right. to be able to make the playoffs. Right, but wouldn't you say that he's also blocking Rui's development, Rui Hachimura's development, since they both play the same position? Rui, mm, yeah, that's the question. I didn't see enough from Rui last season to know exactly what direction he's heading in. I just thought he was kind of average at everything and not amazing at anything. Right. But right. if if Bertans plays continues to play this you know pick-and-pop style game, Limited role on defense, just really has to shoot the ball on offense. There is room for Rui to become more of a shot creator in that sort of high post area that they like to put him in last season. True, true. And, I, I remember um, them getting a bit of success off like Hachimura handoffs and things like that. So Right, right. I don't know. I, I They saw a lot of potential in him, so I think they expect him to become like a, a cornerstone of this franchise. Maybe not your number one guy, because that's Bradley Beal, but we'll see. We'll have to see, yeah. I mean, I think I think the contract is fair in the sense that shooters are going to get paid in the NBA nowadays. People That's love, right. people need to make threes, and if you can make threes at an elite rate, you'll get, you're going to get paid. Yeah, and speaking of making threes at an elite rate, actually, I don't know if I want to call this guy elite when it comes to shooting. Um, so, old mate, let's talk about the Lakers route, because old mate Wesley Matthews, who... I guess he's a ring chaser at this point of his career. Like, how old is he now? He's like... 32. 32, 33. Something like that. Mid mid to early 30s. Tried to ring chase on Milwaukee. Uh, got cut short, thanks to Jimmy Butler. He's now ring chasing with the Lakers, the tune of $3.6 million. I actually think his shooting has fallen off recently, so maybe this contract isn't as much of a steal as I initially thought it was. But how, do you, how does no. this make the Lakers better? Right. I mean, this... This definitely makes the Lakers better, but I don't even know by how much. Yeah. I mean, Wesley Madison was definitely a shell of himself at this point. I mean, the Lakers do need bodies, so it makes sense. Um, given that they're free agent losses and uh, they don't have that many players coming back. Um, yeah, I don't think it ever hurts to have that veteran defensive presence, at least. At the very least, I think Wesley Matthews is still a solid defender for his age. You could throw him in most rotations and not worry that he's going to, you know, attract a lot of attention defensively. Right. I mean, that's that's what they plan for. And, um, I mean, he, he's going to be a backup most of the time to LeBron James. So, I mean, that's he's not going to have to play that many minutes. That's you true. You definitely don't need minutes at the three most of the time. So, that it, it kind of makes sense. Um, as for their other signings... <laughs> Montrez Harrell to the Lakers. I I'm outraged. Not see this coming I'm, I'm outraged. Why is he so cheap? Like two years, nineteen million with a player option. 
That's what? technically like, yeah, yeah. It's a one plus one deal. You're going to see a lot of value, one plus right? one deals. That's not his value. He's worth a lot more than this, surely. I mean, feel free I, to disagree with I me. Mean, I mean, there's there's not that many free agents that want him, and there's not many free agent teams that want him. Right. Because if you're t- if if you're if you're tanking, you don't want this guy to fill up your stat sheets and try to win. If you're winning, you don't need a liability at center. I mean, we saw his playoff drop stock drop significantly. Before the playoffs started, people were expecting to have signed a three-year, $60 million deal. Yeah. Then it became three-years, $48 million deals. Now it's two-years, 19. I mean, that one playoff series against Denver took away $40 million. <laughs> but I don't. I can't even say how fair that was. Because, okay, I get it. There are elite bigs in the league, right? And uh, Nikola Jokic is probably the best of them uh, next to right. maybe Anthony Davis and Joel Embiid. How how much do you want to dock this guy for not being able to guard Jokic when he's been one of the biggest producers offensively for that Clippers team at sort of like that energy big position that a lot of teams seem to want? Like, is this guy actually just a better JaVale McGee? Is that really his ceiling? Or, I mean, he's still young, right? He's well, JaVale McGee can play defense. This guy cannot. I guess so. There's a difference. You're, you're expecting your, your center to play defense. He's And he's a small ball center. And you're in the West... And if you're going to sign with a playoff team, you're going to have to guard AD or Jokic. That is true. No matter, I mean, I, I mean, I just don't see how, I mean, his market tank because he can't play defense. And I think that this actually might be a fair value for him. So you thought maybe some of the early valuations for this guy's free agency campaign were maybe overvalued? Oh, they were, were definitely about... overvalued. They were definitely overvalued. Yeah. I was hearing um, like three years, 50 million, things like that. Yeah, three years, 60 million was the starting point for the NBA talking heads. Then it became three years, 48, and now it's two years, 19. On a one plus one. <laughs> on a one plus one. Right. I mean, again, $40 million just gone on one playoff series. <laughs> but, yeah, this, this is my problem. This was not like... This was not unknown information. Do you know what I mean? Oh, that Montre no. Harrell couldn't play defense. We knew that already. Oh, we definitely knew that already. And that's I mean, that that came as a shock to no one. But I don't know that if that his I don't know if again that many teams were actually interested in him to sign. Like if you're in the Western Conference and you're competing for the playoffs, you saw him guard against AD. Uh, no, sorry, you saw him guard against Jokic. Yeah. And you see him, and, and AD is, you know, a slightly different version of Jokic, but, I mean, if you can't guard those two players, you don't have a shot, so I guess his market tanked out, tanked out from under him. I guess what we saw, like, I thought the Clippers, this is a lot of things people were saying during the Clippers-Denver series, just play Jermichael Green at center, because he can actually handle Jokic for the most part, right? Like... Uh, yes, but the problem was Jermichael Green was also saying that he was gassed out. He needed to be taken out of the game. Yeah. So the conditioning wasn't there. Right. I guess um, that's what happens when you go into a series expecting that, you know, the best center on your team, Montre Harrell, will be able to handle the big lumbering center on the other team. And then he can't. Uh, and Zubac can't because he's in foul trouble having to switch on pick and rolls. Right. I mean, if you're expecting Harold to defend anything... Um, Right. I got a bridge to sell you. <laughs> well, okay. Let's talk about how, how this changes the Lakers' outlook. Because uh, we'll talk about the Dwight Howard thing in a sec. But 
where do you see Harrell fitting in in this team? Like, is he their maybe their starting center during the regular season just to get buckets and give AD a bit of rest? I don't see him as a starting center. AD still wants to play to four, which means Javale will play to five. Yeah. Um, he'll be the backups. He'll be the uh, bench center, I guess, coming up playing the same role as the Clippers, basically. Yeah. Um. I mean, that's what I see. If they just need instant offense off the bench, when uh, when LeBron and AD are on the floor, so it makes sense. Yeah, and it's not like the Lakers are short on playmaking at this point. That Schroeder right. signing, oh, Schroeder, the trade earlier was pretty good for them. Yep. Yep. So speaking of Dwight Howard, then. What happened? So I I saw this tweet saying Dwight Howard is keen to re-sign with the Lakers. He was saying, yo, I'm proud to rep the the purple and gold again. And then, what, literally a few minutes later, he's with Philadelphia? Um, well, well, after he made that tweet, Shams tweeted that uh, uh, Dwight Howard's going back to the Lakers. But uh, then, then the news said that he's going to Philly. And news came out that the Lakers never offered him a contract. Jeez, that's brutal. I mean, he was such a big part of their campaign. Maybe not in terms of actual basketball, because it's pretty hopeless at that. But, right. I mean, it was poetic, right? Dwight coming back to the Lakers and getting Right, game. right, right. And uh, if, if, uh, if you had a crystal ball back in 2012 and say, Dwight Howard re-signs for the Lakers, <laughs> <laughs> everyone would freak out and ask what happened. Yeah, <laughs> it's a different team now than it was then. But um, this is um, this is a good sign. This is a good sign for Philly. It's a good signing for him for Dwight Howard. I think either way, I think he wanted a bigger role, and he'll get a bigger role in Philly. That's for sure. They're certainly thinner um, at the five than other teams are. Well, they've had plenty of players at the five besides Embiid over the years, but none of them have really worked out. Like I remember they had um. Rishwan Holmes? Am I pronouncing Rishon that right? Holmes, Rishon Holmes, yes. Who didn't really do much. And they had Jolly Walker for, of course, before. Right. So and, you uh, think you think he's uh, Embiid's backup then? In Philly? He is definitely Embiid's backup. I don't see where else he, he plays. And Embiid's going to be rested and perpetually hurt. He always has these knick-knack injuries. So, I mean, he'll fit in there as well. That, yeah. I think, I think he'll fit in seamlessly. I mean... I don't have much more to say other than that. I mean, it's a minimum <laughs> it, contract. It is. Uh, the only other thing that might happen is that that the Nerlens Noel might come back to Philly, but we'll see how that goes. you got to expect Howard's going down in the pecking order if Noel comes back. Unless you want to play Noel before, which I can see, but it wouldn't be very good. No, no, it would not be very good. Yeah, that oh. team has enough spacing issues as it is. <laughs> I agree. Well, did you like the trades made earlier? I know this isn't really on topic, but I mean they've got Danny Green, they've got they swapped Josh Richardson for Seth Curry. Um Danny Green trade I like. They definitely needed shooting from the from the shooting guard position. Um trading Josh Richardson for for Seth Curry, that seems like a wash. You reckon? They're trading one one thing for another, basically. I've always thought training... that Curry is more potent physically, isn't he? Curry, Curry's not physically, more physically uh, an offense. Yeah, yeah an offense. But, yeah. but Rock, Josh Richardson really covers your defense. He does. So it, 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 it's essentially a wash. Yeah. I mean, like we got to think that Doc Rivers wants his son-in-law in there. So 
<laughs> that would be difficult for me. I'm just saying, like, I think it'd be difficult I mean, knowing. Do you know what I mean? Like, having family right. on your team. And I also misspoke. It's not Doc Rivers anymore. It's back to Glenn Rivers because there's only one Doc in Philly. <laughs> we have to get used to calling him Glenn Rivers now. I did not know that that was his real name. I'll be honest. Oh, oh, I remember. But yes. <laughs> But yes, there is only one Doc in Philly. That is very true. Okay, so Dwight Howard signing. We've gone through most of the vets that are just signing for little contracts here and there. Um, the the thing that a lot of people were watching coming up to this was Jeremy Grant as well. Um, he's another high-profile big. After getting traded to Denver, he looked really good. Um, he was you know covering that stretch role. Screening and coming to the rim, rebounding well, defending well. Uh, and <laughs> right. He signed for three years, sixty million with the Pistons, which I thought was just a weird destination a, for a him. A lot of these moves by the Pistons are puzzling to me. They've got Plumlee and Okafor as well, and Josh Jackson, none of whom are particularly good players. I I get the 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 Josh Jackson and Jaleel Okafor signings. Reclamation projects, sure. If they turn out to be good, then great. You got an asset to trade. If they turn out to be not so good, then it's a small contract. Mm-hmm. That's all I can say. But the the, the Mason Plumley and, and Jeremy Grant contracts. Now, we'll, we'll talk about Jeremy Grant first. Um, he opted out of the Denver player uh, option in order to secure more money. And he has I was that. hoping that Denver, Denver would pony up the bag to pay him. That I was, think that was the intent. I th- they can afford three years sixty million, can't they? If they if they move some of their bench. No, they couldn't afford them. They have to get the tax, but I don't know if Denver is I don't know. It, it's owned by the Cronkies, so <laughs> they're averse to paying the tax unless they really are going for the championship. But I think this is the time you pay the tax. Jokic is in his I guess prime they, right now. They, they have to think that Michael Porter Jr. is ready. And it's been pretty clear that they consider Porter Jr. their unmovable piece. Obviously, besides right. their two stars. I mean, I could even see them trading Murray for the right package if the opportunity arises. Um, There was this... I mean, fan thought here, Murray for Harden. Murray, yeah, I would do that if I was Houston, right? Is that, isn't that a good trade? That's a great trade for... If Murray is out there, and, and, and he's probably your best package available... Outside of Ben Simmons and Jalen Brown packages. But, I mean, I don't think that Denver would break that duel up. So, uh, again, fans thought here. Nothing more. Yeah, I mean, once I realized that Harden was available in trades, I started thinking, if Harden's tradable, what's to say that guys like, you know, Murray or Donovan Mitchell aren't? Like we were right. kind of beholden to these ideas that these franchise corner pieces, cornerstones, are not going to be movable, but they would do it for the right price if that price is hardened. Oh, oh, I agree. It's I agree. It's just well, well, I don't know. They I mean teams like their continuity. Uh, Harden can be a little bit bit of a diva as we see more reports coming out. I and mean, and Mario Jokic, Mario Jokic and Porter Junior, who are sort of the three bright young stars in this Denver team are on a similar sort of trajectory in terms of age, timing, right. contract timing as well. Right. 
but I mean, I'm just confused by by the what what's Detroit's planning here with Jeremy Grant and Mason Plumley. The Plumley contract is more confusing. I I don't understand it. The Plumley contract, I can understand somewhat. They want to flip that. Yeah, he's not going to stay there three years. Right, I guarantee you that much. He's going to get flipped somewhere. So I, is, I think so is Jeremy Grant. I think these contracts are made by made by the Troy Weaver, the GM of the Pistons. Mm-hmm. They are fair contracts. They're going to get flipped somewhere for assets. Yeah, I mean, ha- have we forgotten that they still have Blake Griffin at power forward? Like that's their. I mean, he's not a franchise player as far as player quality is concerned, but this team is focused on Blake Griffin, or it was the last few years. So I mean, can we? Can you rely on Blake Griffin? No, you can't. Health wise, at this point. But why create such a logjam for yourself at this position? Powerful. I just think that, I just think that. Look, I just think that if I look at this free agency, I have cap space. Other teams don't. We can trade these players for cap space down the road for some assets back. Yep. And they're 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 small enough and big enough contracts to move without. Having to add or or to move pieces away, to add enough pieces to make make deals work. I think that's why the contracts are structured like that for those amounts. That's true. I mean, the Jalil Okafor contract may as well not exist. It's two years, four million, which for a team that isn't really it's, in attacks it, like Detroit it, it's is, a that's minimum. really good. Yeah, like that's fine. I I just hope that for for Detroit's sake. We don't see anything from Mason Plumley that makes people think he's going to decline, right? Because he's he just hit thirty years old. He's not getting better. If anything, no, he's getting slower. He can't shoot. He can't shoot. He 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 has some passing. He can play defense. I think some playoff team will want him for for I don't know maybe <laughs> a couple of years down the road, but definitely not this year, I guess. I'm just thinking of all the teams that would be able to use him well, and none of them are contenders. Like right. I'm thinking of the Spurs or the Magic. Right. I, I, really I, I, I think these these are basically two year deals, but the third year just he's that they're going to get traded. Yeah. Okay. Well, they really cleaned up in the draft, so I think these are good moves if you consider the quantum of what they've done so far in free right. agency in the draft period. This team looks like it it knows what it's doing with regard to the rebuild. It's just a few years late. I, I agree. I mean, there, there are definitely more deals to be had because I don't see them keeping uh, Trevor Ariza. Yep. Um, it's interesting that teams don't really want Ariza anymore. Like, presuming that Houston are going into the season still intending to compete, they wouldn't have really lost anyone uh, keeping Ariza already, on the roster. But the thing is that we already know they're not going to compete because they traded Robert Covington. That's true. <laughs> That's as big of a sign as any. And did you know that Tillman Fertitta retweeted a tweet from Bobby Marks? Oh, about the that, um, the Ubre situation with the yes, the Ubre situation where where the Warriors got to pay eighty two million dollars for Ubre yeah. because of tax implications, and uh, Fertitta retweeted that. Ooh, that was such a bad move. You've already got this reputation for being cheap. Why not just double down on it? <laughs> I agree. Why not just double down? It? Just just say you're cheap. Why don't we yeah. just say that at this point? <laughs> Your moves these past couple of years show that you've been cheap. You're not willing to go over to tax. Why not just come out and say it? Uh, I hope Harden gets out of Houston. Russ can stay there. I just hope Harden gets a chance to contend. <laughs> anyway, um, 
Utah Jazz, which is a team that I thought had a bit of flexibility with where they wanted to go during free agency, a lot of potential trades they could make. They, I don't know about these decisions because they've got Derek Favors at three years, 27. No, not so bad. He's a good player. He's still young, 29. Jordan Clarkson, four years, 52 million. I know he was okay for them, but do you want to try and explain the logic behind this one? Oh, this is a great move for the Jazz. They needed scoring off the bench. Yeah? Um, he's is their Clarkson worth man. the money, though? Like, that's a lot of money for Jordan Clarkson, $16 million a year. I mean, he was a... He, I believe he was a restricted free agent, if I recall correctly. Unrestricted. He's 28 years old. He's not a spring chicken anymore. Right, right. But, I, I mean, look, Utah, they didn't have that many options. Um, the, 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 the Mitchell extension's kicking in. Um, they're going to have to find a way to pay Gobert. Um, well, actually, no, Gobert's already being paid. The thing is that they need scoring off the bench, and he's the only one that can, uh, provide that for him. I mean, there's not that many free agents that are, you know, six-man worthy this offseason. I mean, just look at the free agent deals. I mean, who are you thinking are going to get that to replace scoring off the bench? That is true. I mean, Clarkson's a guy who's good for, you know, 15 or 16 points a game at middling efficiency. He doesn't do a lot much else, but... Right, I mean, just looking at these free agent signings, I mean, who else fits, fills in that six-man scoring role outside of Goran Dragic? What, what's the... How does this Utah team go from being a good playoff team? Which is what I believe they are, you know? I don't, right. I don't for a second believe that them losing the first round was indicative of their actual ability at all. Like, they didn't have right. Bojan Bogdanovic for much of that Denver series. Could have been 4-1, for all we know, and they could have been the Clippers and ended up in the... Uh, oh, in the oh, oh I definitely did. They, they had Bojan, they would have beat Denver pretty easily. Bojan was the important piece of, of the Utah Jazz's last offseason. Yeah. Because they did more scoring. And with him being being out because of his wrist, wrist injury for six weeks... um. Uh, Utah just fell to the Nuggets, and I think that that this is a good team to run it back. But I don't know if that's enough. You're basically I... hoping Mitchell becomes, well, he grows into that sort of lead playmaker role, right? You're also hoping for Conley to come back because he 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 has been he 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 played pretty poorly last season. Yeah, I mean, this is the nuttiest part. Who do? You... I'll just I'll give you this question. I don't know if you've got the Utah stats in front of you. Just tell me off the top of your head. Who do you think the assist leader for the Jazz was last season? Um, I don't have this on top of my head. But Conley played so badly. I don't think it's... I'm probably going to guess Joe Ingles. It was Joe Ingles. Isn't that wild? Like, they've got... So, okay, Mitchell wasn't necessarily touted as that sort of lead playmaker when he came into the league. And right. nothing has shown that he's going to be that guy at any point. Right. But if I think if there's one way that this team goes from being a good to a great team, it's got to be like your best scorer has to also be your best playmaker because pretty much every great NBA team has that, right? LeBron, Giannis, uh, Doncic, yeah. Curry, Harden. Well, I mean, the, normally the best player on your team has to be able to score on his own, at his own will. Which we know um, Mitchell can. We know Mitchell can, but... Um... I, I, I mean, I guess he needs to get his more teammates well, but I just don't see that out of him, and I don't know if Utah could ever fix that. And that's, I think that's where they expected Mike Conley to pick up the slack, but he played less than 50 games last season. 
And very... those 50 games were absolutely horrible. Yeah, this guy's contract is absolutely horrible. Like, there's no other way to put it. Right. It's just a I concern. I mean, Utah hoped that he'd get the old Mike Conley, but we'll have to wait and see this this season. If, if Mike Conley gets back to Memphis, Mike Conley, ooh, they, they, they could be a surprise upset for anybody. <laughs> I think at this point of his career, the guy has had too many injuries, probably too many HGH injections, because there's no way this guy comes back from injury as quick as he does without being mm-hmm. on drugs. But... <laughs> I don't know. I guess I'm whelmed. That's the best way I can put these Utah signings. What do you think of Derek <laughs> Favors? He's good, right? He's still a good player. He's good, sure. Um, I guess they made it... I guess it's familiarity. Utah knows what he does, what he provides. Yeah. Um, I hope that they don't put Gobert Favors lineup back again together because those don't work. We all know that. <laughs> Quinn Snyder should know that. Um, but... Yeah, I think I think that that's basically. I think it's a good signing. It's a good backup center signing. Again, you know the these these contracts, ten million dollar contracts. You know they're all around there per year. They're all movable for each other. I think that's what the whole NBA has learned is that you give a guy ten million dollars, they're all pretty much tradable. Yeah, especially if they're at that sort of average starter level. And Derek Favors could start for pretty much any team that doesn't have a star at the center or power forward position. Right. And I think this was a good deal for him because his last contract was pretty sizable, right? Like, he was coming up in Utah around the same time as Gordon Hayward and they were, and Rudy Gobert. And there was a bit of debate. It was like, oh, who's the best player on this team? Is it Gobert? Is it Hayward? Or is it Favors? I think for a solid <laughs> chunk of, like, the 2016 season, I did think it was Favors. Um, right. But he... I think the, the league has moved past guys like him and going from being paid 16, 17 million a year to now just 9 million a year. I think is pretty good value for for both players, uh, for both oh, um, I agree. Favors and Utah. I agree, I agree. All right, um, uh, I guess the last significant signing that has already happened, and there are a few other small ones here. Which I mean, I don't really want to talk about Udonis Haslam, but when it comes to Miami, Goran Dragic has re-signed for two years, thirty-seven point four million. I thought that was fair value, but how much concern do you have over his injury? Um, again, this is a one plus one. Yeah, everyone's looking for a 2021 free agent cap space. Um, as for this contract, it's I'm not even worried about it. They want to bring him back, bring him back. Yeah. And if it doesn't work out, they'll just cut him, look for 2021 free agency, bring Giannis back in. It's that <laughs> continuity piece that people keep talking about, right? Like, you, right. you went to the finals, you went to six games against the LeBron AD Lakers uh, with a pretty injured team. Uh <laughs> You may as well bring your lead guard back. And I think... Is this team option? This is team option, right? For the second this year? is team... Okay, yes, it's one plus yeah. one. It's team option. Yeah. I think there's no way they re-sign him at, at the end of next season. Unless... Unless he somehow takes a step forward in maybe shooting or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Similar to my, what Miami gave to uh, Myers Leonard. Another one plus one. Two years, 20 million. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> They didn't have to give him that contract, did they? Surely he would, like... He's not worth five times as much as Jilly Okafor. Uh, again, these $10 million deals around there, they're all tradable. One plus one deals, tradable, workable. I think every a lot of teams out there are just hit. Here's $10 million for a year. If it works out for our team, great. If it doesn't, we'll trade it to, for some other guy that wants it, for wants you. Yeah. I guess it's fair value. He's a 
relatively young, big in his prime, stretches the floor, plays okay defense unless he has to switch. Right. But, I mean, $10 million for a bench piece is, like, the price these days. I guess so. <laughs> it's just, it's concerning given that um the cap isn't really going up as much. Obviously, COVID-19 affecting the league's revenues and limiting how much the salary cap can rise by. Say exactly the same as last season, actually. Right, right, right. I mean, we'll have to see. I mean, the long-term ramifications of the cap with COVID can either be great or can be disastrous. Yeah. Anyway, any other any other free agents you want to talk about? Are you excited about um, Drew Eubanks, who I'm not ashamed to admit I have no idea who that is? Uh, Drew Eubanks, I believe he was a Spurs <laughs> player. Right. Um, that's all I kind of know about him. Okay. <laughs> um, there are a couple other players, sure. I mean, you've got... Portland re-signing Roddy Hood. Oh, yeah, I missed that one. And they got Enos Cantor as well in the trade. Yes, they did get back Enos Cantor. Um, But just, again, two years, 20 million. 21 million. Same sort of deal again. Ten-year annual contract. Move a little piece. Um, He's worth about that much. I mean, he's a solid. He's worth about that much. Um, Trey Burke. Oh, this is the guy who... Yeah, so... Trey Burke played a lot of the season with the Warriors, established himself as a steady shooter. Warriors dumped him um, to get, you know, try to get under the cap, or at least to get as much um, luxury tax off their back as possible. Moved right. to Philly, who apparently didn't want him. And now he's with the Knicks for one year. Oh, and not the Knicks, that's Alec Burks. Gosh, they're like the same Yes, player. you got the... Bur- yeah, yes, Dallas. Yes, yes, that's Alec Burks. You got Three the years, Burks 10 million. Yeah. Three years, that's, 10 million. It's that's a, a fantastic fair... contract, isn't it? It's a great contract. Um, I think that, yeah, I mean, for a backup, for, for that deal, I think that's worth it. Um, and he fits that Seth Curry void, which is a pretty yep, big Yep, yep, yep. Um, the only other big deal I guess we could talk about is Malik Beasley. Four years, 60 million. That's sizable. Like, I guess they can because they did manage to get off the Wiggins contract and they got a player who was better in D'Angelo Russell in return, so... It's okay to load up on on that wing position, but I don't know. I've never seen anything from Malik Beasley that made me think, "Yeah, you got to pay this guy sixteen million dollars a year." I mean, let's remember last season Denver offloaded him to Minnesota because Denver wasn't willing to pay for him. Yeah, uh, they had other priorities, but I don't know where they're going to spend their money this off season. Um, but I think this is a good contract. But the thing is, is that he's had issues with the law now, and we have to wait until those legal issues to see how it turns out. <laughs> Assuming they're all good, this is probably an okay deal. I mean, I thought he really, really thrived in that starting role for Minnesota, and I don't know how much of that is just good stats on a bad team, but like he was, right. I think he averaged like twenty points since he joined Minnesota. Which I guess if you're Minnesota, you know that. You're kind of maybe one big star away from actually contending. So in the meantime, this is a fine uh, signing to make. If he improves, you can flip him for value or try to make him move for a star. Right, but I don't know if... I mean, from what we know of his uh, potential uh, legal issues, it's pretty serious. Um, felony weapons charges, drug charges. Um, I mean, we'll have to see we'll see how these legal issues play out that's but, yeah 
I mean, for him on, on that team with Anthony Edwards, D'Angelo Russell, Carl Anthony Towns, I mean, sure, why not? You're 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 all building together. Yeah, I guess it's hard to aim a rifle at people and not expect to get some kind of legal ramification. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, any other deals you want to talk about that's coming up that have players haven't been signed yet, like the Gordon Hayward drama? Yeah, I guess there's still a few big-ticket free agents left, right? You've got Gordon Hayward, uh, you've got Brandon Ingram, who uh, we expect will get the max from New Orleans. Um even Christian Wood, who was sort of Detroit's one bright star last season, doesn't seem to want to play in Detroit. There was a false report that he signed with Houston, which I would have thought, gosh, what a good signing. But uh, that yeah. hasn't eventuated yet. I mean, where do you expect uh, this guy to land? I don't know. He's such an odd talent. Like, GMs have to think, okay, this 12-13 game at the end of the season... He's putting up monster stats. Do you think this is the aberration? Or do you think this is his actual ceiling? Can he perform at that level consistently? I don't know where to judge him. And I don't know what team wants that. I like what I see. Like, he has pretty much all the skills that you expect a modern NBA big to have. And he just came back into the, into the league in such a weird way. Like, washed out of the league, played overseas a bit, came back in, and suddenly was the best player. Like, I, I legitimately think he was the best player in Detroit. Uh, last season right 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 but i don't know where okay contending team might not want him well, not for what team. he's asking because they're all capped out right they well they're all capped him. out for again for 2021 at, at rebuilding teams would you want to commit that much money into such an unknown that's a thing like i, I find it very puzzling to see whether the that, that dirt 12 13 game stretch was was the general christian wood or was it just uh, good stats bad team kind of guy i think the eye test is what gives people confidence that he'll contribute at any level um, i was impressed by what i saw right um but again i just don't know what team would actually want or need him yeah i just can't think of a team oh we've got breaking news just now marcus morris has agreed to return to the clippers on a four-year 64 million dollar deal Oh, you like that? I love it. I mean, I understand all the criticism that Marcus Morris gets for being like a bit of a goon on the court, but this guy was not bad for him. In fact, it was excellent, right? Right. But that I don't know. Is that an overpay in your mind? Because he's not really a spring chicken anymore either. Oh, uh, I think that's that's a fair assessment. Sixteen million per year for four years. He earned $15 million on a one-year deal last season. Kind of makes sense. I mean, the Clippers do need a guy at his position to play the four. Yeah. Um, provides defense, offense, provides a little bit of everything. And that, that, that I think that's a fine deal by the Clippers. But they don't improve in that stretch. And I don't know if that actually, you know, improves their team much. To take it to the next level, because I don't think that you know Kawhi can improve, and I don't think Paul George can improve in the playoffs anymore. I think I mean I've stopped having faith in Paul George in the playoffs. <laughs> he hasn't had a good playoffs year since he was in Indiana, which at this point is ancient history. Exactly. 
Um, there are a few few deals that uh, that came in. Jacopoto, three years, twenty seven million, back to San Antonio. It's a fine deal. He was great for them. Again, ten about ten ten million dollars a year, eight to 10, eight to twelve million dollar year deals, annual deals. Though those, those are the tradable ones. Yeah, they're flexible. They give you opportunities to open up for the twenty twenty one free agency, which. Yeah, a lot of big names in there. Justin Holiday with the Pacers, three years, eighteen million. That's a great deal. I guess I that's think. guaranteed now. That's good. Yeah. Um. Oh, there was this rumor. I don't know if they confirmed it, but Bogdan was going to the Hawks. The Hawks offered him a rap, uh, offer sheet. That hasn't been done yet, has it? Well, well, Sacramento has two days to match it. Yeah. So. A will the will, will 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 the Kings match it, even though Bogdan wants out, and B if they match it, will they trade him to the Bucks? The Bucks still want to get it done, even though it's been reported that they are they're looking elsewhere now. I think if that if that's on the table, they'll do it, right? I don't think they can anymore. They actually made moves to uh to not not to not not have enough contracts to give to Sacramento. Yeah. Because they waived Ursan Ilyasova. That's right, which was really bad for Ilyasova because he now loses seven million dollars that he otherwise would have been guaranteed if he exactly. was involved Exactly. I mean that offer sheet I mean I, I have to assume it's a max. And if he actually goes to the Hawks, hmm, I That's, don't know. It's a fine signing for them. Like I said, I'm I don't think the Hawks really get the luxury of being able to make perfect signings right now, given that they're not contending anytime soon. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, I agree. But then you add another offensive guy. I mean, are we going back to the 1980s Nuggets era where the score is like 150, 140s, 150s every night? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Atlanta versus Dallas would get it done, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh... So Christian Wood, okay. I don't know what to believe anymore because Woj is now turning Christian Wood three years, forty-one million for the Rockets. That's really, a... is that just is that just confirmed right now? I mean, Woj tweeted it. He hasn't really hit the mark all the time in the last couple of days, but lined up with the fake Isola news, it seems it seems more realistic than um, three years, twenty-seven million. I think he's worth a bit more than that. Right. Uh... I mean, why? Christian Wood to the Rockets for three years, forty-one million. I, I've told you why I like Christian Wood already. I think he's just tailor-made for the modern game. I think he's got a great right. attitude. He's not that old, right? But I mean, what you want? Again, Robert Covington was the perfect for that team. <laughs> You're trading the perfect guy on your team for someone that might fit. Uh... Yeah, I mean. I think there was a way to make this signing without trading away Covington. See, this this move looks like, oh yeah, we're, we're going to contend for sure. We're going to try run it back this year. So we're going to try to repair a relationship even though I don't think that's... Yeah. I mean, look, I, I don't lift, don't um, don't look down on a good deal just because it's on a bad team, right? Like, No, 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 no. no. I like, objectively, I like it's a great... Objectively, it's a good deal. I, again, I, I don't believe in the apparition... A lot of GMs do. I just don't. Right. I think he'll fall somewhere between the performance he gave at the end of the season and the rest of his career. Of, that's, of before that's, that. That's fair. I'm just thinking, like, if this guy actually gets to play with Harden and Westbrook, 
Like, I don't really like Harden or Westbrook as the guy I would actually build a contender around. I think they're still fantastic players. Um, maybe Russ is just right. a good instead of fantastic player. But this guy's going to go from playing with Derek Rose and Langston Galloway to to Harden and Westbrook. Like, you think that's going to help him, right? Because this is a he's a legitimate stretch big. He shoots, like, nearly 40% from three while also being a threat in the pick and roll. This is, like, the all-rounder off-ball center that teams are looking for these days. Right, right, right. And and I think that, you know, he'll fit in a rocket system. I mean, I think that Steven Silas definitely knows what he's doing in Houston. Um, although, again, I just... I mean, this move just keeps them barely competitive because you see a lot of teams improving in the West and the Rockets definitely fell. Yeah, sure. So can he get into the playoffs next season? Maybe? I mean, I wouldn't... I don't think that they can make the playoffs next season, but there d- definitely is a shot. It's the West. Uh, if, if Harden Injuries is actually, do happen. If Harden is actually trying, I don't see how they don't get into the playoffs. I think he's just too good in the regular season to not make the playoffs. Um, I don't know. There are a lot of teams that are rising that, that can knock Houston out. That's true. Um, Pelicans, Wolves are eyeing a playoff spot. Phoenix are probably going to make the playoffs with Chris Paul. Right. And the Warriors, which weren't in the playoffs last year. Right, but I don't know how that Clay Thompson injury is uh, going to affect them. Yeah. I mean, if you get a healthy Steph Curry and Draymond Green, I think you're in the playoffs. Those guys are too good to not make it. But, yeah. yes, a lot of concerns for that team, for sure. Oh, one more thing. Um, De'Aaron Fox got the extension. He did. He got the like the big extension as well, not just the like a regular extension. What are the terms? Uh-huh. Five it's year. close to the max. No, no, it's close to the max without incentives and the max with incentives. Yeah. So he could hit the super max if he fulfills the conditions. Right. Um, are you confident enough for De'Aaron Max to be your number one guy on that team to carry you to a championship? <laughs> I think if you're Sacramento, you have to do this because he's a legitimately good player. He's the only legitimately good player that you have. Like We still don't know if Marvin okay. Bagley is real or not. I get it. It's the rookie five-year max. Any team would, would max him. I agree. The thing is, though, now you got to start building around him and building around him quickly. Oh, yeah. For and sure. And I don't know what kind of things can they do to actually improve on that front. they got to hope Bagley develops to an all-star. They could draft Luka Doncic. Like, shouldn't they have just done that? <laughs> See, here's my thinking. The, see, here's why a lot of people thought that, oh, he should have drafted John Doncic uh, over Bagley. Yes, that would have been the correct move, but I get what Dibach was th- thinking, um, the GM, because if you draft Doncic, um, you have to immediately figure out who fits around Doncic. That's true. And we know that Fox isn't really an off-ball player. Right. So, in that sense, you're going to have to as a GM, draft Doncic and figure out how to move all the other pieces around him. Either figure out how they fit around him, or they didn't. Dallas did that by offloading Dennis Smith Jr. to the Knicks for Christoph Porzingis. <laughs> Seems like a fair trade. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, there was a few first-rounders, but... <laughs> but yes. So I, I, Yeah, I'm not going to re-prosecute this. I just think if you have the chance to get Doncic... You do it, and you figure the rest out later. Because he's oh, you figure good. the rest out later. I mean, you criticize Phoenix, the oh, Kings, they deserve and, and the Hawks. Yeah, all three of these teams deserve it equally. Uh, 
I don't know what the Hawks were thinking. I, I just... I mean, I, I proclaimed that Trey Young would bust out of the league in two seasons. That Imagine is... Imagine made that... That's a stretch. I think... Okay, my actual hot take is that pre-draft, I thought Trey Young was the second best player in that draft. So I had... I had Doncic 1, Trey Young 2, Jaron Jackson 3, and DeAndre Ayton 4. Apparently that was a hot really? take at the time. I really liked Trey Young. I really liked what I saw from him. I, I, think... I, just, I thought I thought Trey Young was like 8th to 12th pick range-ish because I knew his defense was going to be bad to atrocious. You can the, Every team can have one player who sucks at defense. I think you're allowed to have one player who sucks. Yes, you're allowed to have that one player who sucks, but can't you build around... But then... You have to build, get four plus defenders yeah. on a team to cover up his his such big weakness. Like he's not below average; he's the one of the worst. That is like, true. It, that's a big gap, and it's not due to him or anything. It's just his size; it's just too small. Yeah, he doesn't have long arms. He's short. He's not very athletic. And especially in the modern modern pick and roll game, he's gonna get abused over there over and over again. Oh yeah. And for all his shooting, I mean I just don't see how you can build a team around him that easily. Like We'll see, because Atlanta has made a lot of nice signings recently and if this what, is it the Bogdan thing? Is that what they're talking about now with him? What, the Bogdan Bogdanovich signing with the with the Hawks? Is he signing with the, the Hawks? Offer sheet? Yeah, if that's material, then I think you'll actually see an Atlanta team that's pretty loaded with decent players. And if Trey can't make that look good, then then you might have some concerns, but I'm happy enough with what I've seen from him in two seasons. I like him a lot. Uh, I thought he was going to be out of the league in two seasons, yet he's an all-star. I don't know I think my just, hot takes are. You just got to take the L on this one, man. There's no other way. Yeah, around. I mean, I've taken a lot of L's over the years with my my hot takes. Yeah, I, I guess being on a, some, I'm wrong on some. Being a Nets fan means that you you got to deal with some L's inevitably as well. Oh, please! I mean, I've I, I, I've dealt with enough L's in my lifetime with the <laughs> with the uh, dark days of the Nets. Yeah, well, dark days may not be over yet. We will see. Uh, Kevin Durant is coming back from that injury this season. I think that's all we have time for. I would be happy to sit here and spam F five for the next hour, but. There's no guarantee there'll be any big news coming through. So I mean, yeah, I mean there there's there's more. I mean, the Bucks re-signed Pat Connaughton for a two-year, uh, eight-point-three million-dollar deal. I'm whelmed. <laughs> I don't know. That's, <laughs> that's like a whelming. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the only big names we have to look out for are Gordon Hayward and Bogdan if uh, he signs his offer sheet. Yeah, um, I'm sure we'll revisit this once some of those big name free agents do sign up. Uh, Fred Van Vliet as well. Oh Fred, right, Fred Van Fleet. Dude, that's a, that's an interesting target. Yeah, I think he'll go back to the Raptors, but we'll have to wait and see. Uh, do the Raptors have, have have space for it? They they do. I don't think it moves the needle, but they do. The thing is, do they even want to pay him? Because they, I mean, they they they. I mean, the Raptors' concerns should be at to be Serge Ibaka number one, actually. Yeah, you got to bring Van him back. Fleet. Although, Ibaka's been rumored to either go to the Nets or, or, or the Mavericks. The Nets can't afford him. Come on. Surely not. <laughs> I don't think so, but hey, you gotta bring back OKC 2012 OKC together. That'd be pretty exciting. Just find a way to, you know, get Harden, then turn Kyrie into Westbrook, and then we're set, right? <laughs> exactly. 
sure maybe she's you'll still find a that if you believe in that team, maybe you should just believe in the Nets. <laughs> I'll be watching the Nets with great interest this season. Um, that is it for now, guys. Thanks for coming on the pod, Felix. Appreciate it. Hope to see you back. Oh, thank you for having me. Um, oh, this was me. this was hoops and hot pot. Uh, we are back for the twenty to twenty one season, and stay tuned for more announcements of more content coming soon. Thanks, everybody. See ya. See ya.